0: Welcome to the Mint City Soccer Show. I am your host, Matt Swift. I'll be damned if we didn't win last night. And on the road, picking up our first victory of the season, with me to celebrate, as always, my co-host, David Gussler. David, how are you, sir?
1: Great, man. It feels feels good to actually be on a show with you again after a victory and walking with three points. It feels like, uh, feels like forever. And reflecting back, I don't think we've won a game and had a podcast after a game like this, it's like October of last year. So um, granted off season, et cetera, but still feels really good to, to get back on the show with you after a win.
0: That's right. It it has been a while and you were doing some live tweeting from the soccer (laughs) show account last night. I was a little worried, didn't know how that was going to go, but uh, things turned out pretty well last night
1: yeah um i texted you beforehand man and i, I said you know I, I i warned you a little bit and said you know what i'm not gonna post anything too too stupid on here tonight but uh hopefully i kept my cool and unbiased opinions to myself and just just shared straight facts but uh i don't i don't know how people do that man it's it's a lot of uh hard work having to look down at your phone look back up look down again not miss anything in the game and uh for those who saw uh, i missed two parts of the game and i they were both the parts we scored so um Maybe I have to keep doing this now until we lose again, Matt. So maybe this is a, a curse I brought upon myself. I think that's exactly what you have to do. To <laughs> and just, I
0: remember just want to to watch a game. Just put your phone down and also go to the bathroom a lot, too. So there you go. Cool. There you go. <laughs> um, before we get into the show, I wanted to thank everybody for all the fan questions last episode. And I was looking at some of the analytics. That show. I, I think it, I, I think the Eric Hour show is still our longest one. This is the, the one last episode was definitely the second longest, but that episode is going to end up probably after today being our second most listened to show of all time, which is it's crazy. Incredible. So yeah. Thank you guys so much for your support and listening that whole time. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's really incredible we've been able to to grow the following from last year and it's just it's truly humbling i you know I can't believe that that many people listen to the show uh love all the fan questions love the feedback even if you listen to the show to uh hate on us or disagree or just see if you could take something and put it on your show or whatever the case is we we do appreciate uh any and everybody tuning in Absolutely. So, David, let's get into this victory. <clears throat> but let's begin with the starting 11. No Swiderski. <laughs> no Jozwiak. Mm-hmm. No Bronico at left back. No Andre in the middle. What are your thoughts on the lineup?
1: Um, I thought it was pretty similar to what we had last year. Just a few pieces, a little bit different, right? I mean, you had... Harrison Awful there at left back, like how we ended the season and went back to the 4-3-3, which where we had probably the most success with Christian Latanzio as our our coach. Um, it kind of shocked me a little bit to see George Marksengel, which I'm sure we'll talk about him and his performance here a little bit later. But it just kind of caught me off guard, not by performance or anything like that, but just, you know, typically three games in, you're not switching your keeper too, too quickly. But um, seeing George Marksengel... And then also seeing Jalen Lindsay for the first time and uh, what feels like, again, going back to like late summer, early fall, since we've seen Jalen really start ever since we brought on Nathan Byrne. That was kind of surprising uh, to see, but I was excited to see the four three three again. Shocked to not see two of our DPs um, start, which was surprising, but I um, would love to know what your thoughts were from the lineup, Matt. Yeah, I'm just
0: glad that we didn't go with the starting 11 that we did the past two games. <laughs> Uh, I was really concerned about that. Uh, I was had the phone in my hand, starting around like six o'clock, checking it every five seconds to see uh, what it was going to be. Was uh, a little shocked that Swiderski and Joswiak wasn't in the starting eleven. Less so, maybe Swiderski. We we know that he was just called up to Poland for international duty, uh, so sure. there may be a little bit of you know holding him off. Uh, for that, uh, but no, no Jozwiak. Um and uh, it was just nice to see Bronico at not at, not at left back and actually
1: playing a left agreed in that position, yeah,
0: <laughs> or someone was, that has played so, that
1: before. <laughs> it's a nice feeling to have players play in their natural positions, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and I took I took a bunch of notes, uh, so I just wanted to run through these real quick, and then we could talk about them. And, but I just wanted to get this out sure. here, so. One, we played people in the correct positions to start. That's that's the biggest, the biggest thing, right? We played people in the correct positions. Uh, Enzo runs his tail off and looks to be a tremendous signing. I think he's starting to get acclimated. He's already producing. Uh, it's one of those things where like, well, you know, he hasn't scored yet, and it's just gonna take him some time to get in there. No, he's already contributing. Uh, I just hope that he continues to get the service that he needs. Harrison Awful was terrific uh, and should continue being our starting left back. No clue why he hasn't been. We've talked pretty much every episode since the season started as why he's not there. I think he showed last night why he should be there. Uh, Lindsey looked great and deserves another start. Interesting enough. Both fullbacks get assist. Shocking. Both of these people have not started. <laughs> both of these come in. They both get assist. I'm not sure why Lindsay hasn't been getting more minutes, but maybe this will, will help with that. For me, Yozuak can stay on the bench. I, I prefer Vargas and Gaines at this point. Uh, it's not a knock on Yozuak so much as I just prefer Vargas and Gaines right now. I just I haven't seen what I need to see from Yozuyak. So I would continue to start Vargas and Gaines. Nuno Santos is incredible. I He's not someone that I would bring in to close out a game. I realize he had to come on for, for Westwood. But uh, he I love when he's on the field and see what he can do with the ball. Um, the, a couple of the other things, other notes too here that I have is, um, Marks played really well and kept us in it. Uh, I don't care how tall he is. To me, that's a <laughs> stupid argument, and I'll fight anybody on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's and, and look, I'm not saying that Marks is world class or, or or elite, uh, but <clears throat> Pablo has to me hasn't been playing all that great. Kalina has been suspect. Maybe down the road, we get another, another keeper or something like that. But I think Mark's showed last night that he, he could be starting. So I hope he does next game. And the only kind of bad takeaway is poor bill. Uh, that guy is responsible for three goals this season, which to me is, is unacceptable. Uh, the guy can't seem to to catch a break. So I'm a little, little concerned there, but uh David, what are your overall thoughts and uh, or do you want to talk about anything specific about the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's kind of a reference a few of your notes there. So I, I'd love to talk about George Marks a little bit and just really about how he showed up. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you look at what the team tweeted out, like pregame, like game day tweet, right? They even had a graphic with Pablo still on it. So I don't even know if some of the, the team even knew that George was going to start. Uh, or at least social media perspective. I didn't know George was going to start until the lineup posted, right? Um, but kudos to him. I know we had him on the show uh, towards you know the end of the last season, and I mean he played his played his heart out, man. Like he, I I feel like the one goal that Orlando scored was just super unfortunate because he made a hell of a save um, leading up to that point, and then early on in the first half as well, when Orlando had a few chances, um, he made some great saves. So I think he's. He's proving your 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 stat there, um, correct Swift, where it doesn't have to be the tallest guy in the goal to be able to be a shot blocker, right? So uh, I was pretty pretty excited to see him and the pr- the performance that he had. Um, what do you think about McKenzie Gaines and Koron Varvis there at the at the top there as a left and right wing, and how they perform versus what we've had in previous weeks with like Camille and Carol uh, for the past three weeks?
0: Yeah, we've talked a couple of times about wanting. Vargas to start. Uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's dynamic. I thought he played great. Uh, I thought he showed again uh, why he should be starting. I love that that how he can cut in and take that looping shot. I, I'm wanting to like for him to perfect that more and more. Um, but I love that and his services. I, I feel is a, a little better than some other options that we have. Gaines, I'm a little still on the fence sometimes he still i don't think makes the right decision in the final third uh his crossing has been suspect of course and he still sometimes looks like a deer in headlights a little bit um but overall i thought i thought he played great i think he's he's his pace definitely helps running people into the ground you know getting in good spaces uh, and and being dangerous uh, again, you either you start him, and like I said, run run defenders into the ground, and then some sub someone else in, or the vice versa, depending if you have to go get a goal. But uh, I thought both played played pretty well. Uh, more so Vargas, but uh, yeah, I was I was happy with with both of them. I you know Vargas had a match rating of eight point two. McKinsey not as not as great as 6.3 but uh, there's just no way you you have to start Vargas from now on it's just you have to i'm sorry
1: yeah and i mean Vargas i mean we, we can't sing his praises enough here after this last game he's he's definitely looked really good coming off the bench in the minutes he's had earlier in the season and then obviously i think he proved his worth this past game even just with continued service and continued chances that he created right uh, with Gaines, one thing I, I just want to highlight a little bit, and I saw it a lot in the first half. Maybe it's not so much in the second half, but um, he was making runs. And I know, like, you put a tweet out earlier uh, last week about just creating space and players running to empty space. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think you used the example of Andre, but um, one thing that McKenzie does tend to do really well is that he does tend to run in space and help create some chances and separation, even for the people who have the ball. Um, or even just to wear out some of those players. And there was a few chances there in the first half where if the ball was just maybe two inches farther away or served, you know, half a second sooner, he would have been, you know, to the races. And he even had an opportunity here and there um, with a few shots on goal. Um, I know he had the one that was really close there from Enzo. Um, and then he had another opportunity later in the half, in the first half. So, mm-hmm. you know, I. And it, from our wingers perspective, they at least created more chances than we've seen the past three weeks, which has been the hot topic on online. I think Matthew Doyle is talking about, you know, the, the anemic performance we've had from our wingers over the past year. Right. And the fact that we actually saw service goals, assists, et cetera, from our wingers this game, I think speaks to uh, the <laughs> the lack of success we've had at wingers. But at least these guys stepped up and created something this past game.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the the tweet I I put out about Andre because, of of course, people took that as, oh, I hate Andre. That was not the point of the tweet if you would have actually read the damn thing. Um, So, the whole point was to say, here's an example of players not moving because that's been our problem. I also said that Enzo should have made a run. Andre should have made a run. Swiderski... Shouldn't have dribbled into a double team. The whole point is we have not been moving well as a team, and I just took that clip to highlight that. But of course, people online have to make it a this or that type of thing. So I, I I thought on the night that we moved a lot better as a team as a unit, and it helps when you play people in the right position, um, and they're just naturally playing what they're you know they know to do. So. I was I was happy with the performance last night. Orlando is a very tough team. They don't give up yep. a lot of goals. It was on the road, and I, I think we showed a lot of like heart and determination. Something I feel like we've been we've been missing. Uh, yes, the s- second half wasn't all that great. We're up by two. We're trying to see this thing out. Uh, I don't like some of the subs and we can get into that in a little bit, but um, you know, I think everybody was either or most people were expecting a draw or a loss. I would have been okay with a draw. I, I, I think I said one-to-one was what I was looking for. And uh, you know, I've seen some comments about, Oh, well Orlando could have scored, should have scored, whatever. Um, it, it's about time we had a little bit of luck, right? Uh, Cause we've, Pretty pretty terrible luck. So overall, I was excited about last night. Uh, it's a it's a great way to get back into things and jumpstart our season against a pretty tough team. And uh, I, I I get that they had CCL midweek, but um, we can't help that you you play who's in front of you. And if you have a tired team, yeah, you play someone like like Gaines and Vargas that can that has speed that can run at folks but i think more so last night showed is that if you don't play your center defensive mid and left back and you let you know Harrison awful play you let Jalen Lindsay play and you're not putting Swiderski out on the right um you know these guys can make things happen so i i, I don't know what else to say it's it's pretty simple to me but um yeah it's 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 on to the on to the next game now
1: yeah. I mean, I'm um, I mean, just looking at what we started this week and I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I know you mentioned obviously not playing your center defensive end as a left back, but now where do you feel these two DPs that we have now that didn't really play much as past game, where do you see them going into next week? I know next week, potentially Poland for Carol's in the picture. So he might not even be here next week anyways. So maybe a, a, a moot point, but let's say for example, we play Red Bulls and we when again with Camille not getting many minutes and Carol not on the field, right? Um, where do you see these these two players fitting in the picture long-term?
0: Well, I think it's, it's always good to have competition. And it's always good that when you have a player that's not performing, to know that, hey, you're, you can be dropped to the bench. And we can win without you. I think it makes him a little more hungry. I am hoping you know, both Swiderski and Joswiak can react well to this. You know, and Joswiak got minutes, so um it's not like he didn't play or anything like that, uh, but honestly, I didn't think Joswiak played all that great when he did come in. But and I'm still, you know, I know people like him. I'm I'm just still not happy with his
1: production. So Um, do do you think that's a, do you think that's a label thing for him because he's a DP, you just have higher expectations or is it because he's just not performing as a starter? I,
0: I think there's some expectations, right? When you have that DP tag, right? There's, there's things that you have to do, you know, no assists, no, no goals, just, you know, there's certain metrics. Yeah. That he's that he's hit. And uh, I I think as a, as a soccer community here in Charlotte, we're, we use metrics a little too much. I'm guilty of that as much as anybody, but uh, yeah, I think there's just the, the expectation. He just doesn't seem to me confident, Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, maybe not starting and that, that competitions there will spur him to, you know, do a little better. Um, I would really love to see him get some assist or a goal. I think that would go a long way in, one, his confidence, and, two, just getting some of the the fans off his back, too.
1: Yeah, I, I think sometimes we may be a little bit too critical on him. Um, but, like, again, like you said, there is some ex- expectations a little bit, right? And sometimes when you feel those expectations and you know you're getting minutes and you're starting and you want to perform, you're going to press a little bit, right? And I think sometimes that's where you – see like perfect example I think what, was it was a week or two ago when he was in the PK or in the penalty box and he just whiffed right and was potentially a penalty but ended up not being one so you know hopefully he does get some assist and get some confidence back and continues to be a key contributor for the team um, I just don't see him as a consistent starter at this point in time
0: yeah um, but um, we did we did well without him and he, you know he, he came on and contributed you know so uh not all is lost and you know again he's gonna there's gonna be some rotation and it's not to say that he can't start but for me i i am gonna go with some other other options at the, at the moment
1: what did you uh what did you think about the midfield pairing at least in the first half because i know you know ashley westwood went out with a apparent injury and um you know, there's not been much word yet about what it could be, but I know just watching the game, watching the replay, obviously it looked like something to do. I don't, I don't want to speculate, but something with his knee, his leg, his groin, something around that thigh. I don't know. Um, but what did you think about the performance this week? I know tact uh, in terms of tactics, you had Brandt kind of in a you know on the left hand side, you had Ashley on the right hand side, and then Jones in that uh, CDM role. And I, I think I saw on Twitter earlier that. You know, Ashley and his time in England tend to favor that right side of the pitch a little bit more so than he did anywhere else. Um, and it seemed like he had some decent service there. He at least showed up. He actually pressed up the field a little bit more, I felt like. Um, and I felt Brant did pretty well back in that role. Um, you know, had a chance there early on and then uh, had some uh, little bit of shithousery a little bit later on in the second half uh, from from the team as he was the interim captain. But um, what do you think about that, that, that trio there in the midfield? It's not my favorite
0: trio. I I would prefer Brant back at the six. I would drop Jones, and then I would put either Swiderski or Santos alongside of Westwood. But, uh, and 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 for Jones, when what would have been nice is to have that lineup and then bring in Jones in the second half to shut things down. Agreed. Yep. Uh, To me, Jones sits on the ball a little too much and is a little slow in his play. Uh, I know a lot of people like Jones. And um, uh, again, I think for me, his role would be to close, to close things down. I just, I prefer Brant back there so we can have more of, more of a playmaker in front of him instead of Brant being, you know, like a playmaker or more advanced. So uh, for me, I think going forward, you were talking about, you know, Swiderski. Uh, yeah, I would put maybe Swiderski alongside of Westwood, Brant in behind them, or Santos and Westwood. Uh, but it, 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 it seemed to work okay. Uh, second half, not so much after, you know, Westwood went out. Uh, if you go back and watch the game, I noticed this a lot. Westwood was pointing at Gaines quite a bit <laughs> to tell him to go out wide and cover a man. It happened a lot. I just happened to notice it, and then it just kept happening. So he was definitely doing a lot of directing uh, in the midfield, which you know, as a as a veteran and as a captain, you should be doing that. Uh, but he was pointing a lot at Gaines, uh, so I, I thought that was that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you with, from a pairing perspective. I mean, it worked. We, we got we got three points out of it, so it did something well, right? But um, you know, I, I felt like there was definitely a little bit of a drop off once Westwood came off the field um, in the second half. I like Santos. I, I like some of the, especially from that move that they refused to the show replay on. Um, but um, I felt like he did pretty well and. Showed service that, you know, we, we've been expecting and was pressing up a little bit more. Seemed like he, like you said, he was pointing out with gains a little bit, kind of going where to where to go. But um, hopefully he isn't out for too long and we have him back next week. But, you know, if he doesn't play, I mean, potentially that's where you get your Santos play time, which everyone's been clamoring for for the past few weeks. So be excited to see what that looks like either way. But uh, I do think if Carroll comes back, that's where you, you place Carroll back in there. and Then you have Westwood and Brandt. As the other two midfields heading into the game,
0: I I think that would be my favorite you know trio in the in the middle there. Uh, apparently, one of the the knocks on Santos in training and in preseason is that you can you can see the magic that's that he has right, and and you saw that in definitely that one play that you were that you were talking about. Uh, I, I guess from what I'm hearing is he would tend to do stuff like that at the top of his own box. Um, Hmm. Hmm. And Latanzio even made a reference to it, which I thought was a little ridiculous. You know, he he was asked about Andre and and Santos, and kind of alluding to, you know, Andre's done better in, you know, training, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then, you know, Santos did well, but he gave up that one ball. Um, Which I'm like, okay, well... Andre is eight for 28 in ground duels one. Uh, we give away a ton of balls. Santos giving away one ball. I I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of an odd thing for Latanzio to say, but apparently Latanzio coaching staff has seen that a lot from him in training and preseason, giving up balls or trying to do too much or dribble out too much in those, in those situations. And they're a little skeptical of having him in there, but uh, I, for me i think you have to have him on the field so he can jump start the offense he's definitely a playmaker so you take the good with the bad right but that's why you have someone behind him that can clean up some of that stuff right 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 yeah um so we'll see we'll see especially when after after the break and swiderski's back where he where he falls in and we'll see about this westwood injury hopefully it's you know he's going to be back against uh, red bull which we're definitely going to need him for that
1: Absolutely. Those hated Red Bull. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, another thing I'd like to call out, too, we only had 44% uh, percent, uh, possession in this game, which is a lot different than some of our other matches where we've dominated possession or have had more of the possession. Uh, and we've talked about this over and over on the show about... Getting the ball, playing with the ball, but really not doing anything with it. And I I think we showed that, one, we don't have to always play out of the back. And a couple times we got caught out. Marks almost got caught out um, with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, sometimes playing a ball over the top, playing through the channels more, you don't always have to do the same thing over and over. And you do not have to dominate possession to win. I I think more and more teams, especially in MLS, are moving to this counter uh play instead of possessing the ball. So I'm I'm hoping going forward, especially this weekend going against New York, that we do a little more of the same. So uh another interesting stat about Saturday night that's that's kind of
1: infuriating is the yellow card situation. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I know I know jeremy's our is a friend of the show and m c c member and he is a uh ref so I know sometimes when we start talking about cards and calls and refs he may just lower the volume dial just a little bit until we're done talking about it but uh I don't know man that that's a it was a pretty lopsided affair, of the fair, don't you think
0: yeah I mean getting
1: six yellow cards
0: and orlando <laughs> getting zero that that's a little strange to me
1: so I don't. There, know. there was a few that I understand from Charlotte. Like I know the Camille tackle was pretty dangerous. Like he he went in and got studs on the guy. So I, I get it from that perspective. Brant, like I'm okay with it because you know second half we were trying to kill some minutes. Was physical. Didn't really agree with the call that they they said that Brant fouled the guy, which the guy just totally dope. Wasn't that was not um, a foul? No, it was not a foul. And so Brant obviously frustrated from that. But then. Brant, you know, like I said earlier in the show, a little shithousery, a little bit there, a little bit, just like, you know, kick the ball and just talking junk a little bit. And, um, you know, so I get why he got a yellow there. But some of these other ones, I just, I I don't know, man. Again, the, the odds are that Charlotte would get six and Orlando would get zero. If you put that on in, you know, in Vegas and on some of these sports betting places, I doubt that anybody would have thought that that would have been the case. Yeah. To me, it's a little odd that they didn't get a single yellow card.
0: I think we had 17 fouls on the night too, to only their six. Anyway, I I would rather be aggressive and pick up a a few more cards than to not be aggressive, but I I find that a little strange. Um, Joe uh, Emerson, and I hope he doesn't mind me reading his Slack message, but he said that uh, (laughs) we are currently tied for third in fouls committed with 61 and leading in yellows with 13. Yikes. He says it was definitely lopsided (laughs) on the calls last night. Says, I'm wondering since we aren't really a physical team, do we get more calls against because we have a rep for challenging the officials and flopping and complaining, or that we are often caught called out and flat-footed, so we have to make reckless challenges? I thought that was good. Um, one, the stat and then kind of the, that... the question.
1: It is kind of good. I, I will definitely say like we definitely had some flopping and whining the first two or three games of the season this one i don't feel like we were really crowded the ref or whine too much um so i don't know if that was actually the case this week but yeah I don't, I don't know if that's you know it's a good stat to lead in in terms of leading the league in yellow cards but uh you know I, like you said i rather really have some physicality and show some toughness than vice versa and then lose on top of that yeah for sure anything else from
0: the game that sticks out to you or uh, do you have like a man of the match?
1: Yeah, I I would say two things. So one, I shout out to all the fans who traveled down to Orlando. I know there was a pretty big contingent of mint city members there. I, I, I love the video. I saw of Trey waving the flag there and he got some nice shots there in the stadium. So shout out to everyone who traveled down there. I know y'all made some noise. I saw Chico on the broadcast there early on. So it's always great when you travel and win. I don't know what that feeling's like, but um, it's it's a good feeling, I'm sure. So, um, but to answer your original question, in terms of man of the match, I know I I put it out there on Twitter from the account during the game, but um, I, I would say you know man of the match one A one B would be either Enzo or George Marks. So um, I, I believe Enzo ended up getting it, but um, at least from the tweet I saw earlier this morning, but. Uh, I think you could enter, intertwine or intertwine either one of those and switch them out, and then it will be the same.
0: Yeah, it's tough for me. Either Enzo, Marks, or Awful.
1: Um, hmm. Awful had a really good game, though. I, I was he really had a happy incredible and, game. Yeah, yeah. To,
0: I mean, even with the yellow card, I think his match rating was eight point six. I mean, comes in, has an assist. He was 89% in passing. He was 41 for 46, 89%. He was 50% long balls, which I can take someone, you know, playing out of the back like that. I had 15 recoveries. He was 3 of 6 ground duels, one one of one for aerial duels. Uh, just absolutely solid game and it just it I love it and hate it at the same time. Love it because he played so well. Hate it because why has he
1: not been starting? We should we should have been doing this. Like I mean, dude, like rewind a month ago, and I think both you and me were even saying that the plan was was for Harrison Awful to start the season and then transition into either a Diop or another left back they sign, whatever it is, because he has that player coach role. So why it took. Four games into the season for him to get significant minutes, I have no idea. I was glad for him to, to play so well, and um, I mean the good old player. Coach May knows what he's doing back there.
0: Yeah, I you know he's thirty six year old years old, right? So he's not going to be able to start every game and or play every single minute. I, I actually like the sub of bringing more on for awful. To me, Mora is you know pretty sound defensively. He's not going to give you the offense, you know, the awful is going to get give you. But when you're up, you know, in, in a game and you need to kill off a game, more of what I thought was a really good sub. Uh, there was another one that I didn't really care for, and that was Ben Bender. I, I didn't understand that at all. And I I, I I tweeted out, I'm like, you know, don't take your foot off the gas. Um, but at the same time, when you're, when you're up a goal and trying to see it out on the road, Ben Bender is not who you bring on, uh, unless just someone's injured or or something like that. I thought that one was a little little odd. Um, but I I think the sub for
1: more, uh, for awful was 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 actually pretty good. Agreed. Hey, who who was uh so you said, um, awful, and you said who else would be your main in the match, Marks or Enzo. Mm. So if you had to narrow it down between those three, who would it be? Hmm.
0: I'm I'm gonna go with with Harrison Awful, nice. and it's a, that's yeah. it really is a tough one. I mean, Capetti is I really like Capetti, uh, and you know we've had Marks on the show. I'm a big fan of George Marks. I want to see him do well. So it was nice for one to see him start, and then two to to have a great game. But I mean, awful. If you look at if you look at the stats, if you look at how he played, you look at the assists that he got, and you know that. And to come from a position where we've had so much trouble, I I think I
1: think for me it's going to be Harrison awful. Cool. I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. Any any other takeaways for you for the game?
0: <sighs> I don't think so. The the only. Yeah, I guess I have one more kind of on a on a down note. I still worry that we pinch in too much in the middle, and overcommit yeah. to to one side of the field. We're still very vulnerable on quick switches, and and that's a tactic. Uh, and I don't know. I'm not a scout. I'm not a coach. I have coached before, and I, I feel like I'm halfway knowledgeable. I just every week I see us overcommitting. I see us pinching in too much. And I don't know if that's the players not listening or that is a directive from the coach. Uh, either way, I don't think it's working. And it's cost us already. And it's something that I worry about in our next game against Red Bull too.
1: Well, and and just on that note, I'm glad you mentioned it because there was a moment there in the first half. And it was it was after... Orlando got that goal that goal that was called off, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where they switched the field and Harrison Alpha was pinching in, which I'm assuming again was is the tactic and what they're being told to do. And it was almost like Orlando was taking a, a page out of Atlanta's playbook against us. They were overloading that side. They had almost two or three players there on that side as we pinched in. So it's like almost like, hey, we're gonna purposely switch the field on you. One of these three players are probably going to get the ball because your, your left back or right back's going to be pinched in so much or get caught off guard. And Harrison has to bust his ass to just get back there. And he does luckily and kind of pinches them in the, in the corner a little bit, but there was something there and it's, there's obviously something out there against us where teams are taking notice. And I just hope that we keep continuing to pay attention to that and adjust because um, there were a few times early on and thank God again, Orlando, all three of their players are offside on that, uh, on that goal because that would have been a huge shift in momentum if they would have gone up one nothing in the first ten or fifteen minutes like like that potentially. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we do against uh, Red Bulls because it's obviously something Latanzio likes to do is over the, overload that middle and uh, I don't, it it works sometimes, but it's putting a lot of pressure on Bill and Melanda, and it's it, it's starting to crumble on us a little bit.
0: Yeah, I I don't know that it's worked at all. But let's talk about our <laughs> next opponent. Let's do it, So we play New York Red Bull, who currently sit in 10th in the Eastern Conference on five points. They lost to Orlando in the first match, and then they drew against Nashville, and then drew against Minnesota next, and they just defeated Columbus 2-1. to one. They have only scored three goals. They have also only allowed three goals. Uh, They have faced only six shots on target this season, the fewest through four matches in a season since LA Galaxy did it, with also six in 2010. So I was going back to look at their match against Columbus. Columbus scored their first goal against Red Bull by playing out to their right back and the right back playing a ball over the top that looked a lot like Lindsey's pass last night against Orlando. Now, their keeper did come off, uh come off the line like way out, but still it it looked very similar to the ball that Lindsey played to Enzo that Columbus um did against uh New York. So, I I think again we should probably come out with the same lineup. We should play the same way. We don't always have to play out of the back. I'd like to see Harrison, Offal and Lindsey start and launch balls forward like they did to mix it up some. Can't do that all the time, of course. But uh, as I was watching that game, I'm like, yeah, "This." I mean, I feel like Red Bull and Orlando are, are set up very similar. So I'm I'm hoping it's more of the same Saturday. We are playing at home. We'll be wearing our purple kits that you love, David.
1: The Wildberry Pop-Tarts, man. I love it. So are you going to wear a purple jersey Saturday? No, I don't I don't have one, man. Are you, are, are you going to get one? Uh, maybe late in the season if they go on sale, but we'll see. I don't know. That's a better tune than it was a month ago, right? Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know.
0: Um, I, I will say that New York was without Lewis Morgan. He didn't play. I'm not sure. I need to look. I don't know if that's a long term injury or not. But that will certainly help if he's not playing against us
1: this coming weekend. I think they're they're projecting him to be out until mid April, potentially. Okay. Yeah, that certainly helps us a lot. Um,
0: but we need to watch out for Luquinhas, who's their uh, Brazilian. And make sure he's not bossing us in the midfield. You know, coming right through the middle, he's he's really good. He's someone that I, I I'm, I'm concerned with. So I, I'm hoping Westwood's good to go. I I just I, and the way Latanzio's been with keeping with the same lineup, if something remotely works, I
1: guess, or doesn't, I I don't know Con- at this point. Continuity, man. That's what he said a few weeks ago. Continuity. So he might as well start the same lineup again.
0: Yeah, and and honestly that probably wouldn't be a bad thing against New York, New York. cuz again I I think they're very similar to Orlando. I think we need to really watch that middle. Um, I do worry about the the switching plays, you know, switching fields and stuff like that, but uh I wouldn't be surprised if we run out Jones back there and then have Bronico and Westwood. If Westwood is not healthy, you'll probably see I would imagine Bronico and Santos with Derek Jones kind of anchoring that midfield back
1: there. Do you think, I mean, and so I, I agree with you. I think trotting out the same lineup, especially because Carol's going to be at, in Poland, um, bring the same lineup back out again. Do you think, or would you, especially because in the same lineup, like last week we didn't, this last game we didn't travel with yon or at least yon didn't make the, the bench to sub on right and so as you know we've only got two center backs right now which yeah. are um you know milanda and bill yeah and jones is pretty much our third center back um just based off of depth and experience in the preseason would you put brant back at the six and then put santos and westwood if westwood's healthy Or would you put Brant, Santos, and maybe like a Ben Ben Bender or somebody else in the midfield and keep Jones kind of fresh just in case something happens to your center backs? Or if you're up in the second half, sub him on so then that way you can kind of anchor and be a little more defensive heading into the next week.
0: Oh, that's a really good question. I know Jan was playing for Crown Legacy today. so And so was Diop. Uh, And yeah, there was some concern. Interesting. Now, there was some concern looking at the bench that we didn't have a center back kind of option. Derrick Jones could have,
1: you know, moved back, but that's that doesn't make me feel good at all. Um, but then, like, put yourself in – we're leading the league in yellow cards. We're one of the most foul teams in, in the league right now. What happens if Derrick Jones gets a card or your center back gets a card? Then you have no one else to sub on um, currently unless they, unless you bring Jan on the bench, Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm concerned from that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I want to keep continuity, but if Derek Jones is your, your third option at center back, you've got to protect that some way and somehow.
0: Yeah. For me, if, if Westwood is healthy and a hundred percent, you could, you could start Santos, Westwood, drop Brant back, keep Derek Jones on the bench, see how the first half goes. Hopefully we're up. You can bring him on in the second half to close things down, or keep him in case, you know, uh, something with center back goes wrong or whatever the case is, or you just need a sub or something. Um, or throw him on and you know change or throw Derek Jones on, change the formation to really shut things down. Yeah, run run a five back set or something like that. You know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I know we've been harping on left back quite a bit. But the the real concern is center back, right? Karuho's not back yet; he won't be back for a little while. Uh, we really need to go sign another center back, and I, I hate to hate to say that because I think everybody's wanting a left back signing,
1: or even a winger. I think, I think we need. I think we need both.
0: Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what we what we actually go out and get, and we've talked about that a lot on the show. But yeah, it's a it's a real concern. If if someone if Bill goes down, Melanda goes down. That's a, that's a real genuine concern. Um, you know, we talked about Jan last episode. I, I don't think the the coaching staff and scouting folks are you know happy with Jan's progression. Maybe playing, getting some minutes for for Crown Legacy will help. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, it was a little concerning not seeing an option. <laughs> on the bench there. So, um, yeah, I, I just hope that Westwood's good to go. Cause if he's not good to go, that, that kind of yeah. changes and forces your hand a little bit.
1: Agreed. So, I mean, I, I guess like to go back to the question, then I, I would probably start the same lineup, but I, I would say ideally, if you don't bring Jan up, then shift Brant back to the six. And then you have Westwood and Santos as long as San, or Westwood's healthy in that situation and keep Derek for, an you know, emergency situation, defensive, hopefully defensive lineup in the second half.
0: Yeah. All right, David. Do you want to answer some fan questions? Let's do it, man. Do we have as many as last week? That's the that's a real question. <laughs> no, not <laughs> as many as last last week. I know more coming in as we speak. I'm, we're not going to be able to get to to everything, but we'll definitely cover some right now. Okay, everybody, we are back. I'm going to answer some fan questions here. The first one is from Jay Lanskroner, and he asked, History repeating itself two years on, losing the first three games and winning the fourth after our opponent had a midweek clash in CCL. Given how we lost the first three and able to capitalize on our opponent's probably exhaustion from that midweek game, how much does this performance actually replicate what we can expect and disprove what
1: we've seen? Hmm. So I, I definitely see what Jay's coming from, where, you know, we started a little bit slow last season, started to win after, you know, New England played in that tournament. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like it's a little bit different this year just because, like, last year it was we're, we're just looking at gel, we're looking to see progress, we're expansion team, et cetera, which you know, I don't want to say this too loudly, but I think St. Louis has proven that you don't always have to start that way. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Um, for me, it's it's not all doom and gloom. I know the, the last episode it seemed like there was. I think it was just because there was expectations and we were playing players out of their positions and doing funky things with their lineup. I think if you start this lineup for the past three games, I don't know if it would have been all doom and gloom. Potentially, I think you would have had some closer games or even some draws as a result versus just a um, you know zero three start. Uh, but I mean, I, I also want to credit. I mean, if you look at the standings currently for this year, the first three games that we played was Atlanta, New England, and St. Louis. Atlanta right now is number one in the East, three wins. One draw, zero losses. New England is in second with three wins, zero draws, one loss. And then <laughs> St. Louis, as much as it hurts, is 4-0, the first expansion team ever to start with the four victories in a row um, in MLS. So um, maybe it was a, our schedule was a little bit tougher than what we expected the first three games. Um, but I don't know. Uh, for me, it's still, still a little disappointing the way we started, but uh, it, hopefully we continue on this positive train heading into next week.
0: Yeah, I the the Atlanta match stings the most, right? Because we just got worked and it was frustrating you got outplayed. Because, yeah, and, and you know, we were playing people out of position. So that one stings the most. I really think we could have got a result against New England just had that one mistake. The The St. Louis game I'm just trying to put out of my mind. there was just so many flute goals and just nonsense that happened that night. Just was not our night. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it sucks that we've started two seasons like this. Uh, and I agree, I think this season there were more expectation. You know, we've added new players. It's in our second year. I think there was a real sense of, oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do better than we did last year. We're gonna start well. We had a good preseason. So, I, yeah, I, I think we've had a little bit of bad luck. We've had some coaching mistakes. We've had some tragedy, and I think that's all led to our poor start. But here's the thing, like you know, and I said this earlier. You, you know, you play who's in front of you. Uh, you can't help if they've played mid midweek or not, and you can't help if they have, uh, you know, players out. You still have to go out there and and win the game. And the thing is, is like you know, we struggled on the road last year, and here we are in our fourth game, our second away
1: game. We pick up three points, so that's
0: that's a which, that's a plus.
1: Which even last year, if you think about it, we didn't get our first road points until July of last year, I think. Yeah. Either June or July. And so the fact that we got it in week four, it's a pretty good sign it means, I mean, I know away games are always tough to win at MLS, but mm-hmm. the fact that we got it so early in the season is a, is a, is a good start. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping this will jumpstart the team and, and show that, you know, one, we can win on the road and, and two, let's, let's play our players in the, in the right position. Right. <laughs> so Um, let's move on to the next question. Terry Hines wants to know what about the Orlando performance has you most helpful, has, has you most hopeful going forward? I know we, we talked about the game and certain players, but what was one thing about that performance
1: that gives you hope going forward? I guess just the chances that were created, even though we only scored, we we scored two goals. We had one that hit the post. I think that was, uh, here's an awful that hit the post, right? Um, you also had a McKenzie Gaines chance early on, where it was you know right at the goalie. He had a second chance later on in the first half as well. That first half felt really good; uh, like it just seemed everything was clicking. It seemed like we were attacking the right way. We weren't just crossing and praying that someone would get a header on the ball. It seemed like we were actually creating some chances there in the first half. So mm-hmm. that was what helped me be the most optimistic. And the play of George Marks was also great. I think he showed. Pretty good, and maybe he continues this next week.
0: Yeah the the one thing for me would be, the the lineup, playing people in the proper positions. <laughs> that sounds so basic and simple, but look what happens. You know, you put Harrison Awful at left back. Look what happens. Lindsay comes in right. Hasn't had any, hardly has any minutes. You know, been sitting behind Burn. Burns been struggling. Lindsey comes in, does well. So I I think just not forcing people out there, not putting Swiderski out wide, not putting Brant at left back. Just doing the basics and let let these guys go out and show you what they could do. But don't put them in a position to to struggle before they before the ball's even kicked, right? So that's a a positive for me. The fact that it worked and we won gives me hope that Latanzio will continue with this type of lineup and not playing people out of position. So next question comes from Jami Rodriguez, who at the last tailgate introduced himself to someone else as Jamie. So at this point, (laughs) and I say this every, he always gives me crap about, pronouncing his name right, and he said Jamie. So at this point, I, I I don't even know what to believe anymore. So Jamie asked, in your opinion, <laughs> what is closer to reality, the panic of the first three games or this Orlando game? And here's another part. And is the happiness of winning perhaps covering up statistically speaking very iffy performance that could have easily ended
1: in a draw or a loss? I think I think it's somewhere in between. So I, I don't know the first three games, the panic. I don't think. I think it was more self inflicted, just because the lineup, the players, the performance we had. Yeah. Um, the first half of last night's game was really good. Second half was not as picture perfect. So do I think every game is going to be picture perfect? No, but um, I also know that it's tough to win on the road. So um, I think. You know, for me, it's somewhere in between both of those feelings because there's definitely some things we need to continue to improve on, but it feels good to have a win as well. I'm like, i mean, you know, statistics, whatever, you know, as you said earlier, you can have 80% or, I mean, I think we were actually leading like the league in possession up until last week and we were 0-3. So, um, you know, statistics can tell a story if you want it to make it to be. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: I, I, I think, you know, we've talked about this. We... If Swiderski doesn't make that ill-advised pass against New England, we get a point there. If we don't have Bill heading the ball into our own net, getting a handball in the box, or well I'll give you the handball in the box. You could take that one. Or, you know, we don't pass the ball back to their forward who, you know, easily puts the ball in, we get a point there. Now, Atlanta, we just got played off the field. Plain and simple, should have lost that game horrible game. But going into Orlando, we probably should have had 2 points. That's just that's just my opinion and you know, we could play the what if game all day, but as far as this question is concerned, you know, we should have had 2 points I feel like going into Orlando and again, I keep going back to hey, look look what happens when we when we put people in the proper spots. I thought we played pretty well. I could I, I care less about possession. I, I thought we played more direct, which I think we need to keep doing. So I'm going to lean more towards this performance being a little more realistic than, say, St. Louis. Because I don't think we were played off the field against St. Louis. I don't think we were played off the field against New England. And both of those teams are doing really well. Atlanta, we absolutely got played off the field, but we had Brent at left back. Which was stupid. So I, you know, so I look at I look at this uh, I look at this performance as more telling. No, it doesn't say that we you know don't, we won't roll out the same lineup against Red Bull and lose. But I, I do think this performance is a little more indicative of where we truly are. I agree. Next question comes from Greg Fenwick. Are you concerned about Latanzio parking the bus on a winning 2 0 or leading 2 0 and eventually getting scored on and then completely shutting down the offense to try and ground out a win? We gave up points multiple times last season by abandoning the attack after taking a lead. Are you concerned, David? No. Me
1: either. Next question. <laughs> no, let me, let, me, let me elaborate for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say no. I mean, you're because you can't, you can't, um, you can't press and attack ninety minutes straight because you, you, you're going to get gassed. You're going to get tired. You're going to have players that, um, you know, just can't keep that for ninety minutes. I mean, you, you even saw in the second half, Vargas started getting gassed. Um, mm-hmm. Gaines started getting a little gassed from it. Um, like you saw players get tired. Right, so. You can't expect that to be what you have going on for every minute of the game. Now, do I agree with like putting a five-back set in and just literally sitting back for 45 minutes? No, don't do that. But I'm okay with them letting the foot off the gas ever so slightly, but they still pressed and still created some chances here and there. But I'm not concerned about it personally.
0: Yeah, I'm not concerned. You're on the road as well, too. You know, when you're at home, it's, I feel like it's a little different. And plus, you know, we talked about, you put Ben Bender in, that's not a defensive sub at all.
1: Or or even Nuno Santos, which again, I know was kind of twisted because Westwood got hurt, but Santos isn't known as this defensive midfielder. You know what I mean? So it's, Yeah, not at all. It, it, yeah. And
0: Westwood going down and out of the game, I think led to some of that, what may have looked like parking the bus a little bit. Sure. You miss that presence, you miss someone that's your playmaker out there too, uh and you know, like you were saying, Santos is not uh, he's not gonna give you a lot of defensive cover, so uh, I don't think we parked the bus. I think that Orlando's good and they were pressing like they should because they're at home and we absorb pressure, got a little lucky, but so what? it is what it is. that's how you win games. so next question, Bryant. Caves wants to know who's your goalkeeper moving forward. Once Kalina comes back.
1: Hmm. Um, I, I would say if when Kalina comes back and he is in game shape, you go with Kalina, hmm. but that is if someone like George Marks doesn't just have a clean sheet after clean sheet, after clean sheet for a long time, I think there is a thing as a hot hand, just like baseball uh, especially with a goalie, so if, if uh, George Marks plays phenomenally uh, going over the next few weeks, then I think you have to stick with the hot hand for a while. Yeah,
0: uh, for sure. It's it's going to be interesting when he comes back. You know, they're all competing in training and everything like that. But I would imagine when Kalina is completely healthy, he probably will retain or. Win back that starting, starting spot, but it's going to be a little bit, right? I think. All right. Next question. A lot of people did ask about the the George and Kalina thing. Actually, Bridget McCall kind of asked the same thing too. So she was asking, considering King George has shown his worth as year, your, your uh, new goalkeeper. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people wanted to wanted to know that. Uh, but let's move on to the next question. Michael wants to know: Does this performance and the way in which our goals were scored suggest that we would be better off sitting in a low block and hitting on the counter, rather than focusing on position and building out of the back? We've touched on that, but I want to get your thoughts on that. What do
1: you, what do you
0: prefer? What do you think we should do?
1: Well, I mean, selfishly, I think it's more exciting if you have a counter style play. Uh, it's a lot more running, a lot more action potentially. There's a lot less, just lackadaisical passes back and forth. So, I mean, from an entertainment perspective, I like the counter perspective. Um, I also know you can get burned by it pretty easily. So, um, but going back to what you were saying earlier, so I think the league is kind of transitioning to this. Right, um, Arsenal a few years ago, your favorite was doing a lot of back passes and playing out of the back, and now look at them, sir. So, um, I think you're starting to see that transition across across soccer, frankly.
0: Yeah, to me, this is a tough one because if you're playing out of the back and you're trying to possess the ball, it goes back to that tweet that people um, keep taking out of context about the, the thing I said about Andres. like your players have to move, right, to make that work, to make possession work, Yep. especially when you're getting press because Red Bulls, go- they're going to press us. Uh, maybe not as much on the road, but that's what they do. So you got to beat that press. And the, the way to beat it is to move. And that was the whole point of the tweet. Try to read it. Go back and read it. So um, if your players are not moving and they're jogging and they're not getting into space to receive the ball, you're going to get shut down and you're going to get turned over. So if you're going to possess the ball, you have to do those things. I don't see us doing that, thus the tweet. So I think the countering, uh, I haven't really liked what we've done with the ball when we have possessed it. So I, I'm more – I don't know if sitting in a low block and hitting on the counter is, is exactly what I want. But, I, I again, I keep saying I could care less about possessing the ball. It's like, what are you, what are you doing with it? Uh, I think we need to pass the ball more through the channels instead of out wide. We're not doing a good job crossing, so it doesn't matter if we possess the ball or not. So, uh, I think I lean more towards on hitting people on the counter. I don't know if sitting in a low block is what I want to do because I think we do have we we need to press teams as well. But it's a it's a very very good question, and something that as the season goes along, you know what what is going to be our identity? Is it playing out of the back? Is it possessing, or are we going to move to this more you know counter attacking? thing so good question so this next question comes from Chris short and he wants to know one is there a real pathway of getting rid of dead weight yowiak <laughs> he's referring to earlier earlier than uh, when we would buy him out or buy him down of that DP uh, tag he clearly doesn't deserve it so let me, that's a lot to unpack there, but let me ask you that first.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, I don't know if he's dead weight, but I, uh, I would say that I don't think you can move his salary down unless you sign another player with the intent to be a DP again. Um, we've already exercised our option of buying a player outright, um, during the offseason, which was Yordi Reyna. So that takes that off the table as well. So I think the only way you can potentially, quote unquote, move on from uh, Camille is either to buy him down or sell him during the window. That's it.
0: Yeah, dead weight's a little strong, but you, you do need to evaluate him yep. come the summer. Can you offload him for the right price? Do you have a target that you can bring in to replace him? And is it an upgrade? Right. We keep talking about that. Right. So there is a path for sure. Um, but we'll see what the the staff wants to do with him going forward. And hopefully, you know, hopefully Yozwiak starts producing. So this will be a non-issue. Uh, there is a second part to this question. How do you feel about benching Carroll versus letting him play his actual position?
1: Hmm. I mean, so I guess for me, for Carol, I don't th- unless you change your formation again, I don't think you're gonna see him up top with on um, with Enzo. I think you really have to really just evaluate him as a Cam because I think that was the whole intent of signing Enzo. Was your thought process was Carol was gonna be the Cam, and then that way you can keep Enzo up top. Um, if you move him up to the top and you switch to a four, four, two or whatever a variation of that, um I don't know who you put on, maybe Santos to kind of be that creator, but I'm not 100% sure. So I just don't know if you you move Carroll up top again to that natural position with the way that the roster is built currently. So what about
0: putting Swiderski beside Westwood and then having, you know, like a Jones or Bronico back in behind them? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's good. Hmm. Yeah, I would like to see that. See how that comes off. I just don't want Swiderski on the right again. I don't think that works.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've tried it a few times now. Uh, There was a few times even last season where um, we made a sub and he got moved up to to the wing. It it just – he doesn't have a right foot and players and teams know that and he has to cut it back and it just doesn't seem like the chemistry and communication is there for him to make runs on creating space there at the wing either like McKenzie Gaines – or Vargas has done, or other players have done currently. So I, I just don't see him going back to that spot. Again, the way that this roster is built, it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah. So we're going to end on a fun question. So Eric Hill wants to know, <laughs> now that we finally have a new entry, rank the Charlotte FC goal celebrations. Or maybe just give me your... Your favorite one. So the, oh, the nominees are the Bender Corner Flag Drop Kick, the Alcevar Olympico Dance, the Swiderski Throne Punch, <laughs> uh, the Capetti Baby Cradle, the Shinashiki Shimmy, <laughs> or the Vargas Flip.
1: <laughs> oh man! So there's a, there's some fun ones in there's there. So I would yeah. say. I would say number one is going to be the Carol throne punch for me. Uh. Just because it was when Carol had this drought of just goals being scored. You saw the frustration and just weight off his shoulders come in and he just punched it but what I love so much about it was that the the stadium ops was still pushing like the the mist or the smoke to blow out and it was still connected so when he punched it someone behind the throne just got blasted in the face with <laughs> with the smoke so you know that Carol at the after that game was like hey buddy don't ever don't ever punch the throne again please because we could get sued over this so um, so that's that's number one i would say number two would be um the andre like what would you what you call andre shuffle or shimmy, shimmy. whatever it was like you know he, he's i don't doing know like what this, the like, visual word is but I know. yeah i'm sitting here doing the motion as if like this was a, a visual <laughs> platform but yeah that's that's number two and then number three you actually didn't say i my my third one would be the sergio ruiz assist to derrick jones and Sergio running across the opposite side of the field and sliding and, and screaming in, in celebration, because you could tell that meant a lot to him just getting starting minutes again and that assist. And then I would say Vargas. So those are my those are my top four from that perspective. And then you could say Ben Bender, and then Alcivar below that. Yeah, the Sergio one's definitely
0: good. I think... Oh, man, this is a hard one. I'm trying to think of, like, the... You know what it what it meant during the game too. The the Bender corner flag drop kick was pretty great because that was against New England. We were struggling right at the beginning of the year, and that was I think that was the third goal that kind of sealed it. I believe uh, I might be mis- might be mistaken there, but um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, the Swiderski Throne Punch was definitely great. Uh, I love the Capetti Baby Cradle. You know, he just had a just had a kid, so I, I, I like stuff like that. Um. Also, there was another one that was the Bender Swiderski Unison Jump Punch thing that they did, like, in tandem. I don't know if you remember that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that one was yeah, kind of cool because yeah. it wasn't planned. They just happened to do it at the same time, so I thought that was pretty cool, so... Uh, I may have to re- think about and go back and look at some of
1: these celebrations. Um, man, it feels like forever since we've had something like this in bank of America, man, it'd be great if, uh, if this <laughs> Saturday, if we can get a new one created here, it'd be great. Yeah. I want to see some creative stuff. The Alcevar
0: Olimpico dance was odd. Like I didn't understand like what that dance was, but, uh, it was kind of like the lawnmower or motorcycle. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> It's probably my least favorite one, but also,
1: I, but it was an amazing goal. I need a, I need a show alone of Matt Swift trying to describe dance moves because I, I don't know if that, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll date ourselves here a little bit, Matt, if we try to describe dance moves.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Go back and watch it. I'm not sure what he's trying to pull off there. That's why I'm like, I don't know if that's like one of my favorites, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, all right, David. So another show under our belt. Again, thank you, everybody, for your support and sending in these questions and definitely listening to the show. Anything else, David, you want to add before the
1: game next weekend? Um, just a selfish plug, chant practice for those who want to learn. and we, We've we got some new stuff coming out, but uh, chant practice on Wednesday, Camp North End at the Ford Building. Come check us out. We'll be there from 7 to 9. But then this week we're going to try something a little bit different too. We're going to do one at the tailgate lot. Um, so before we do our march mm. and everything like that, we're gonna do like a little impromptu chant practice. So gather around, get a circle, join us, we'll have chant cards, we'll be teaching some of the chants. So if you don't know them, it's all good. But come on come join us and we can do that. But that's a much so, selfish selfish plug. So wait, that you said at you're gonna do that at the tailgate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay nice come one come all come on over i mean it it may just turn into we're gonna bang the drum and sing some songs but uh we'll Well, we'll have some folks there a little bit educating and teaching and helping people out with some learning some chants. so be good let's hope the jumbotron is fixed (laughs) be great please
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's gonna be nice gonna be wearing the new purple kits i'm gonna be sporting that um, David's not allowed to because he hated on it so much.
1: Well, no, it's not not only that, but like I have, I, I'm a little superstitious, sir. Like I got to keep my tradition going, so I'm gonna have to pull up tweets during the game oh and tweet out from the soccer show uh, during during the game. I I shaved my beard into this new monstrosity right now, and I have to keep that until we lose. Oh yeah, you and I have to wear bad. my yeah, <laughs> and I have to wear my mint kit because that's what I wore last night. So I got to keep it going. I can't I can't switch to purple now just because. It's purple kit night or something. So, or wildberry pop tart night. That's fair. As
0: <laughs> as Michael Scott once said, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Just, just a little stitious. So, That's great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we'll end the show on that note. Uh, again, thank you guys so so much, and we will see you guys again next week. Have a good night.